Well, good morning, everybody, on this special Senior Sunday where we've got 36 seniors in the life of the church who are participating in helping us to lead all of the morning worship experiences. And so we are so glad that you are with us today. And so in order to help us with our message today, we'll have uh, three seniors that I'm going to be interviewing and bringing into the message a little later. Uh, But this is Molly Sykes, and she's going to read today's scripture. Now she's going to do it from over here. That was very sneaky of you, Molly. (laughs) A reading from Exodus chapters 5 and 6. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They're lazy. That is why they're crying out. Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. The Israelite overseers realized they were in trouble when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required of you for each day. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them, and they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to begin today's message by asking you if you have ever forgotten something really important. There was a time where I saw this when I was in college. I was a part of a local fraternity in college that was obsessed with intramural sports. It didn't matter if it was ping pong, shuffleboard, or the big ones like flag football and soccer. And so one time we were in the finals for the intramural flag football championship, and our team is in a really tight contest. We're on this particular field at Trinity University, and you can cut the tension with a knife, and it's the time is winding down, and there's this moment where both my fraternity brother and the guy who I played doubles with in college went both up to head a ball, but they both missed the ball and hit and clunked each other's heads. And you could hear the collisions of their noggins all the way on the sideline. 
There was an EMT next to me and I raced out. We raced out to the middle. My doubles partner is bleeding. And so the EMT immediately attends to him. I'm trying to work with my big brother in the fraternity. I'm trying to get him to sit up. And I know enough with a head injury to begin to start to ask some questions to see, you know, how dazed they really are. And I asked him, you know, what, Chris, Chris, what, what day of the week is it? And he's like, uh, it's a Sunday. Well, this was a Wednesday, so we knew we were in trouble. I asked him what month this was. He got that wrong. I asked him who the president was. He got that wrong. And by this point, his girlfriend, Heather, had clambered down out of the stands, had made her way onto the field, and she came running over, and she was like, Chris, 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 are you okay? And he looks at her, and he looks at me. He looks at her, and he looks at me. He looks at her, and he looks at me, and he goes, what's she doing? And I'm like, Chris, this is your girlfriend, Heather. And he said, and I kid you not, I'm dating her? He goes, no way I'm dating her. And she thought that he was messing with her and kind of yanking her chain. And, and so she gets offended and kind of stomps off. And I'm like, no, he's in like concussion protocol. We have to get him to the hospital. But she ran off. She was a little upset. Have you ever forgotten something important? I don't mean, have you ever forgotten a detail that you were supposed to do? Have you ever forgotten you know, something that was on your list of accomplishments that you didn't quite get to, but have you forgotten something really important, like forgotten someone that you were supposed to love, someone you were supposed to cherish, someone you were supposed to take care of? You know, the way that Israel feels at this point in the Exodus journey as we've been walking through the Exodus story and discovering God's soft heart for a hardening world, one of the things that we discover is that Israel at this point of the journey, they feel forgotten. They feel that God had pledged a promise to be there for them, to be faithful to them. And now they feel abandoned. They feel neglected. They feel, in a word, forgotten. And so God sends Moses into the darkness of this slavery to send a message to Pharaoh to be really clear. And that message to Pharaoh is, let my people what? Let my people go. Now, what's interesting is that we stop the story there when in reality, Moses actually said a lot more than that. Moses said, let my people go so that they may give festival to God in the wilderness. In other words, they weren't just supposed to be liberated. They were supposed to be liberated for a purpose, that their lives were supposed to be an act of worship, that they were meant to glorify God, that they weren't just free to do anything they wanted. They were free in order to be able to worship the one true God. And yet Pharaoh sees this as just an act of laziness. In fact, not much has changed in the hardening nature of the hearts of the world when they look at what we do on a Sunday morning, that they see this as a form of laziness, a spiritual or an emotional crutch, if you will. And so you and I live in a time where people's hearts are hardened by what we are attempting to do as we gather to worship on a regular basis. And so when Pharaoh is confronted with this word from God via Moses to let the people go. 
his heart hardens even more, and this is where he decides to make the Israelites, to make their labor even more difficult, as if slavery wasn't enough. He tells them that now they have to make brick without straw, and thus begins a vicious cycle of Pharaoh accusing Moses, of the people blaming Moses, and Moses complaining to God. Here's what I don't want you to miss that if you feel forgotten or like Pharaoh, if you don't know God, your heart will tend to harden and you will begin that vicious cycle of accuse and blame and complain and you'll do it over and over and over again. And it is to this moment in time that God says, wait, I haven't forgotten. I made a covenant. I'm going to keep that covenant, and I remember my promises. One of the hit movies last year was this Pixar animated film. It's called Coco. It is the setting that takes place in El Dia de los Muertos in Mexico, that great tradition that they have there of celebrating what we in the Christian tradition and has gotten morphed into what's All Saints Day. And it's the story of Miguel. And Miguel is this little boy who, through a strange confluence of events, finds himself transported across this little bridge into the realm of the dead. And he begins this harrowing adventure of attempting to make his way back home. And throughout the course of the movie, there's a whole lot of tension. There's the tension between kind of the needs of the individual and the needs of the family. There's also the tension that takes place in the story of conditional promises versus unconditional promises. But maybe the most interesting contrast that takes place in the story, because the setting for the story is, is that the people who live in the realm of the dead, that if they are no longer celebrated and remembered, and if their pictures are not put up in their family homes on this special celebration day, then they become forgotten and drift off into non-existence or oblivion. And so the whole theme of the movie is that everybody wants to be remembered. And the great contrast in the film is, what does it mean to be remembered? Does it mean to be remembered as a celebrity, as someone who is famous? Or does it matter to be remembered intimately by the ones that you love? What does it mean to be remembered? This is a fantastic movie. It's got incredible visuals, great storytelling, and you can't help but watch the movie and say, that's right, it's not the empty praise of vanity. It's, have you made that deep commitment of love with others? But there's a whole dimension of this film that is missing even though El Dia de los Muertos is connected to All Saints Day and you see it connected to the Catholic tradition, you see people even crossing themselves in the film that in the midst of this movie, that there's no real reference to God being involved in this whole realm of the dead or heaven. And so even though there's this notion of remembrance, it all is kind of on this horizontal level of being remembered by the people of succeeding generations. 
what we as followers of Jesus say is, yes, like that movie, the song, Remember Me, Remember Me, Remember Me, is really the prayer that we need to pray, but we're praying it in the wrong direction. As we learn in the cross, when one thief turns to Jesus and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me. Here's the deal. It's not so much whether successive generations, whether it's vain praise or intimate love of family, at the end, eternity hangs on the balance of does God remember us? The Bible is a journey where it says that the Lord remembered Noah, that the Lord remembered Abraham, that the Lord remembered Hannah. God will never forget you, never forsake you. God is true to his promises. He is completely committed to his word. And what we need to know is that he will not forget you. I'd love for us to see this play out in some of our lives today, and so I've invited some three of our seniors to come and to join me. Can you give a peach tree welcome to three of our seniors to come and join us? This is Hollis and Ben and Brantley, and I'd love for them to just kind of introduce themselves to you. And so, Ben, why don't you kick us off? So good morning, my name is Ben Grisham and I am graduating from Holy Spirit Prep. And for college, I'm still picking between University of Georgia and University of Miami. So he's still deciding. So we thought that this morning we would ask you, the congregation, to help him choose. How many of you think he should go to be a hurricane down in Miami? Any hands for that? How many think he should go to the University of Georgia? Ben, these are the people of God. I don't, think, uh, I don't think there's any real decision that needs to be made here. I think the, the people have spoken for you. Brantley, why don't you go next? Hey, everyone. I'm Brantley Black. I'll be graduating from Westminster this year, and I'll be attending Auburn University next year. See? There was a, I knew that even though this was a sanctuary, that the word war eagle would come up in that moment. Hollis, what about you? Hi, I'm Hollis Brescher, and I am graduating from Holy Innocence, and I'll be attending University of South Carolina. Fantastic. We got a few Gamecocks here. That's pretty exciting. I, I like that. All right, well, guys, what we'd love to do is to begin today by, um, before we get into kind of the content of the, the Bible passage and the series, I'd love for people to get to know you uh, a, a little bit. So what, what's something that you're grateful about when it comes to Peachtree? What's something you're grateful uh, for your time at Peachtree? And Brantley, we'll begin with you. For me, Peachtree has provided a community over the years of my time in middle school and high school as a place where people from all different backgrounds and schools come together and they share their problems, they go through them together, which is really great. Um, but really what makes Peachtree great is the staff. And, uh, Hold on a second. I really agree with that. The staff, the staff, it really is what makes Peachtree great. So, Brantley, go ahead. And my, my youth leaders over my time in the lodge, they've been amazing. They've been through what I've been through recently, which is great. And uh, it makes the church as a whole very approachable, and it makes it, makes it a very strong community. Hollis, what about you? 
So I've gone to Holy Innocence most of my life, and that's a very small, close-knit community. Um, and being able to come to Peachtree has given me an outlet to make new friends that I wouldn't have um, met or connected with otherwise. Hmm. And Ben? So I was born into Peachtree, so I've grown up here basically my whole life, and it's, it's really like my second family. Uh, there's just so many people who've had such a big impact on me, like Miss Mary, Miss Heather, um, and I'll just show up, you know, on like random days sometimes and do homework, and it's just a really comforting, like, just community that I, I really feel like is my family. So let me get this straight. You show up in, like, Mary's office, and you do homework. Is there a particular subject that she's more helpful in than other subjects? <laughs> Uh, not usually. I really just, I ask too many questions and then distract her from her work, so it's more, it's, it's more me distracting her than her helping me, I guess. So in other words, you're hurting the productivity of the kingdom of God. <laughs> Whoops. Not a problem. Hey, we'd love, to, um, we'd love to hear kind of a turning point spiritually for you in, in your life. So Hollis, let's begin with you. What's, what's been a turning point in your journey? So middle school was really rough, um, especially being a girl. And before my freshman year, my parents took us to the family camp, um, a Young Life family camp, Trail West. And it was being outside of Atlanta and away from everything that comes with that, that I really got to see Christ clearly. And that's when I accepted him as my Lord and Savior and took ownership of my faith. Great. Brantley? For me, it wasn't one big turning point. It was a, a series of conversations and interactions that I've had with church leaders and some of my really good friends. And it's really just been watching, the, admiring them and what they do. Um, one of my Bible study leaders, Wes, he meets us every Tuesday morning. And he comes with such an open heart, and, and he always is trying to make our day better. And it's just, I admire him so much. And it's watching people like that that have really affected me. And it's really made me realize that it's the little things for me, not the big, the big turning points. It's, it's seeing people work and admiring people and learning to find myself as a child of God. Ben? So the biggest uh, turning point for me was this past summer at Rutledge. Uh, I've been to Rutledge before, but I focused a lot more this past summer on trying to find out what God meant to me um, in my personal relationship with God. Um, and I had, like, like Cooper mentioned in the video, a really big part of that was vulnerability. Um, so opening up and having really deep faith-based conversations with people my age, which I'd never done before and was never comfortable enough to do before. Um, and then also I had some really amazing counselors just this past summer, and it just really helped me find my relationship with God and really what that means to me. It's amazing how God in the Holy Spirit uses different ways. Sometimes it's little turning points over time. Sometimes it's kind of a, a bigger or more dramatic uh, turning point, like a camp and a conference experience where, um, where our journey uh, really begins to grow. Let's dive into uh, kind of the subject for the day. We, this series we've been talking about, uh, Soft Hearts for a Hard World. And we've contrasted in the first couple of weeks in this, in this series, you know, that the Bible describes someone who has a hard heart, who is uh, ignorant and stubborn and stingy and unkind, and you contrast with someone with a soft heart who is generous and wise and good and open and free. And um, so I'd love to hear from you in your own life, when you think of someone who's had a soft heart. Um, who, who is someone in your own life who has demonstrated that for you? And so, Brantley, we'll start with you. Someone for me was, is definitely my mom. Uh, if you know me, you know that I'm, I'm not 
I don't plan my day, and my mom plans my day for me, but I don't like it. Um, she, she, uh, she's really special, and we, ne- we don't see eye to eye a lot. We argue a lot about the this and the that, but she's so relentless with me, and she loves me in the best way. And she, what she knows is true about me. And um, seeing her work with me and my two brothers over the years that I've had with her have been amazing. And I hope to have that same relationship with my kids someday. That's great. Ben, what about you? So I'd also have to say my mom. Um, she went through uh, a divorce and some pretty really serious financial troubles like 10 years ago. Um, and I have two older brothers. So kind of that whole weight of taking care of three annoying young boys. Um, it's just the generosity and the really just the self-giving love um, that she showed me and my brothers is something that you know I'll never be able to fully repay her for, um, but it just shows me an example of how I want to be to my family in the future and how loving and just showing God to them in their lives, um, just really the impact that that can have. And Hollis? Um, I love, I think of all the women in my family, but I think of um, my cousin Brandon. She's six months younger than me, and she moved here in high school um, and came to my high school, and at first I really wasn't too happy about it. Um, but being the new girl in high school is never easy, and she handled that, su- that transition with such grace. Um, I really looked up to it, and she, to this day, just condi- like, loves un- others unconditionally. Um, and having her in the halls with me this year has just been such a blessing. Just want to remind people after all those answers that Mother's Day is coming up in a couple of weeks and that mothers usually like things from Tiffany and Company and those kinds of things. All right. Um, One of the things we learned in today's text is that Pharaoh doesn't respond to God's word, and he's very honest. He says, I don't know the Lord. I don't have any reason to obey uh, this God. What's, what's one thing that you do in order to stay connected to God, to know God more? And Hollis, we'll begin with you. So anyone who knows me knows I'm not the best driver. Um, and my family got concerned about this. So I have something in my car that shuts my phone off. Um, and I have very limited things I can do in the car. Um, so I have a lot of silent car rides. And senior year, you're all over the place. You're going to a million and one events. I'm never home. Um, so with the time spent in the car, that's when I really get to pray and talk to God. And it becomes more of an ongoing conversation um, with someone who I'd be talking to like a friend. Hmm. Ben, what about you? So the most impactful practice that I've taken up, especially in the last year, was uh, right before camp, I got this little journal. It's just this little blue journal, pretty standard. Um, And when I get a minute, I really like to write my prayers down because it helps me stay focused. um, And it really feels like I'm having a conversation with God instead of just talking at God and asking, you know, for things. Um, It's just... It helps me keep that conversational aspect and really feel like someone is there and is present and is listening to me. Bradley? Well, with whatever happens in my life, good or bad, I, I try to take a step back, take some perspective, and see where God is in the situation. Um, and so, some bad stuff's happened to me. I've had some tough times, and God's usually turned it into some good, and I trust that he's doing all things good. And an example of that is a couple of months ago. Uh, hurt myself in a church league basketball game, which I was taking very seriously. Church league basketball uh, was very dangerous, Brantley. You need to know that. <laughs> um, yes. And um, 
So I hurt myself, and I knew I'd be out for the majority of the season. Um, but uh, one thing that I didn't get to do throughout high school was work with the training staff in my school with physical therapy and things. And a lot of my friends have, had gotten hurt, but I had just never been a part of that. And so getting to see those trainers and work and do what they do, and when people would come with it to them with little complaints, they would just do it with such a big smile on their face, and they really loved their job. And seeing them work and interacting with them, they were some of the nicest people I've ever worked with. And getting my ankle back to health was, was so amazing. And honestly, if I hadn't hurt my ankle, I would have never gotten to have that, that experience. One of the things we discovered in today's story is this incredible contrast between soft and hard hearts. Uh, Jesus came to not to be served, but to serve. And you see the opposite of that with this story with Pharaoh. You see that he, he thinks other people exist in order for him to be able to do what he uh, he wants to do. He treats people as slaves. He uses them as opposed to um, honors them, cherishes them, uh, gives them their freedom. And uh, so one of the things we're doing in this season of, uh, of the life of the church is we're talking about mission and, and being able to cultivate hearts that are soft for the world. Um, what's been an experience where you've had to go beyond your comfort zone, maybe in a mission trip or a cross-cultural experience where you've had to discover that for yourself. And Ben, we'll start with you. So two years ago, for a week in the summer, um, I went up to Whitley City, Kentucky with school, um, which is a really poor county uh, in the United States. And we were building homes and little playhouses and stuff. Um, and so my most moving experience um, there was there was these three little girls who just lived out kind of in this trailer out in the woods. And we went and we built them a little toy playhouse. And just to see really the joy and just the pure the pure innocence of you know these three little girls who really come from a hard situation um, just shows you a lot about just the purity that um, God can show you in the world and the purity and the love that you can show to other people. Brantley, what about you? In the summer of 2015, after my freshman year of high school, I had the opportunity to go down to Honduras and serve with the high school ministry. Um, it was a it was a tough time because. I don't, I'm not fluent in Spanish. A lot of us were not fluent in Spanish, and all they spoke was Spanish. And so we, we had the opportunity to go to church uh, when we got there on Sunday. And the amazing thing is, is we all worked together. If the people that did speak Spanish a little bit, we all worked together to make church happen. And seeing us all work together to make the congregation working together to make a church happen or a service happen was so incredible. It was really humbling and inspiring to me. Hollis? Hmm. Last summer, um, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to Tanzania, and one of the things we got to do was attend a local church service, and it was the closest church within 10 miles. So I was on the trip with non-believers and watching them question and try to understand why these people would walk so far just for a Sunday service was just really eye-opening to me. And as soon as I stepped foot in that church, I was thousands of miles from home, and I missed everyone here, but I just felt so at home and at peace. So the, the kind of the capstone today's message is when, is when God reassures them that says, I've not forgotten you. I've not abandoned you. I've heard your cries, and, and I remember you. What, is it, what does it mean to you personally that God is faithful to his promises and that he remembers you? Hollis, why don't you go first? 
So after going through the college process, um, it's very uh, rough on you because you're constantly being compared to your peers based on statistics. So I was constantly being asked what my ECT score is, what's my GPA, um, and no one's looking at you as a person. And that was really hard on me. So it just means so much and makes me feel so fulfilled and loved that God looks at my heart um, and he doesn't look at the things people look at. Ben? So one promise that's really kind of stuck in my mind is that I was chosen before the creation of the world. So what that really means to me is God chose me and you know sculpted me and made me and he's going to be with me in all that I do and that my life, there's so many purposes that I'm here for, that I'm here to fulfill and God is going to be with me through all of that and that's so encouraging and it just really gives me hope for the future. Brantley? God remembering his promises gives me hope and it gives me hope because I know that I'm going to go through a lot of tough times and dark spots in my life and the road ahead and knowing that he's there with me and knowing that he's carrying me along the way is, is, means everything to me and if I, if I trust in him with all my heart um, and he will make my path straight and that means everything to me. Are you guys hopeful and encouraged by getting to hear of their faith this morning? Can we celebrate and thank them for coming to... Let's, let's pray together. Thank you, God, that you have not neglected us, that you continue to hear our cries and you remember your commitment to your covenant, to your promises. Thank you for seeing that faithfulness in the lives and the journeys of these seniors. And Lord, we pray for them, uh, for all of them that are now going to different places, different journeys, different universities. But we know that there's one God that leads them. Lord, we pray that you will work in our lives in the same way, that you'll make our hearts soft and tender for your world and for your word. Continue to make us strong and faithful and Remember what you have entrusted to us. And we pray all of these things with great anticipation in the strong name of Jesus the Christ and all of God's people said.